they're called registers, they're called orders, but they're the, the first one's the imaginary, then you have the symbolic, then you have the real. And they essentially make up the structure of, for lack of a better term, the human condition, human reality. Uh, but that's even the term reality there, as Dave pointed out, is tricky because what Lacan is going to call reality is just the imaginary and the symbolic. He's going he's gonna to see those two as comprising almost an order unto themselves, which is called reality, and he's going to oppose reality to the real, with a capital R. And so we have to kind of talk about what the content of each of these registers is in order to understand this distinction between reality and the real. So, okay, the imaginary. Lacan first came to fame because he created an original theory of the ego, how the ego comes into being, and it's called the mere stage. And for Lacan, he thinks that early on in an infant's life, you know, the, 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 the infant is disorganized, the infant lacks control over its motor functions, its body, it lacks a sense of bodily unity, and Lacan argued that it's in its mere reflection, its reflection in the mirror, he called the, this image the imago, that the baby goes, oh, wait, that's me, and it gets a sense of itself as a unified being for the first time. That's where it gets the very concept of being a unified being. And it's in the reflection that it goes, ah, oh, that's me. But see, misrecognition is built into this. Alienation is built into this because you're not your reflection in the mirror, right? So identity always involves a fundamental misrecognition. You're always identifying with something you're not, and basing your identity on this misrecognition. The French term is méconnaissance. But <clears throat> that's the mere stage, essentially, is that you, you, you lack bodily control, you lack a sense of unity, you see this unified image in the mirror, and you start to go, oh, okay, that's me, and that's where your sense of unity uh, comes into play. And that's the ego, right? The first, the first identifi identification we make is with the imago, with the mirror image, but that is precisely not me. I'm not the image in the mirror. And so this is where there's a sense like the, the ego is imaginary in the sense that it depends on a fundamental misrecognition, right? You're, you're saying, I'm this thing, but that's imaginary. You're not that thing. And so the ego starts to emerge from this fundamental mes uh, misrecognition uh, and identification with the image in the mirror. So that's where we, we start to get the ego from. But then Lacan, as he, he entered his symbolic period of the 1950s, he started to rethink this and he said, you know, this is too simplistic. Um, what it does is it acts like the imaginary order develops on its own. It, like it has its own intrinsic, quote, dialectic, which is to say its own in, intrinsic development to it. And by the time he hits his symbolic period, he's saying, no, um, the, the development of the ego, the, uh, the development of identity, it, it fundamentally relies on the symbolic. And so then he rethinks the mirror stage and he says, no, for me to actually make an identification with the image, it also requires words, signifiers, and it, it, it necessitates the other, which in this case is the parent, right? The parent's sitting there holding the baby in the mirror going, see, that's you, that's you there. And what the baby over time comes to see is that 
there's certain features about itself that the parent enjoys, that the parent esteems or mm -hmm. values over other ones. And so it's not just the, 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 the literal perceptual image. It's certain features or signifiers, right, because words point these features out or the signifiers point them out that the parent talks about. And so now the ego's development depends on this, essentially this gaze from the other, which is the parent. Which is which the parent embodies the social order. It embodies language. It embodies culture and custom. Right? Uh, those of you who know Heidegger, it's it's the Dachmann aspect to the parent. Uh, the parent is, uh, you know, the parent carries this generic aspect of society within them, and it's through this that the the child will eventually assimilate into the social order, the big other Dachmann. So Dachmann. You could roughly say it's the public, it's the average everydayness, it's the, mm -hmm. it's so so big other practices norms. So okay, we we've talked about the imaginary. I'll just close with saying uh, a couple more things. So we end up coming to make this distinction. Uh, you you have your ego, which is your your basic sense of self, and that ego is actually the content of it is not some pure element in consciousness like you know some pure cartesian ego uh it, it's a collection of images right and again those images make up your fundamental sense of identity and yet you are you are not those images right so there's misrecognition involved but what lacan will come to do is make another distinction so the ego is also built around the ideal ego and the ego ideal. And so these are aspects of the ego that he, he, he builds onto the concept of the ego itself. So the ego, or the ideal ego is that idealized image of yourself that you have. We all have some sort of image or images in our head of how we'd like to be and we aspire to, to realize those images, right? And so these, these are the imaginary so uh, ego ideal is me. I mean, your this, idealized uh, image of yourself. Okay, yeah, it's like I teach and I organize and I, you know, it's like this. It's like this whole thing that I want to become that I'm working right. on becoming. It's ideal, Dave. It's the the it's the self you yourself think about and want to become. Okay, and it's imaginary because it's it's an image. It's literal. It's a literal product of your imagination, mm -hmm. and so it's in the imaginary register, along with. I mean, of course, you have your, your basic amago, the basic reflection in the mirror that you base your identity off of. But then you have this, this more private, idealized image of yourself in your imaginary register, your imagination. Mm -hmm. But, there's, but here's, the, here's the key trick, and this is where Zizek talks about this in Sublime Object of Ideology. What we miss out is that there's a fundamental... Uh, a more fundamental aspect to our ideal ego than we realize. We think we just spontaneously want to be this ideal image of ourselves out of, I don't know, just personal preference or a, a, a personal choice, right? But what Lacan and Zizek show is that the ideal ego is always based on the ego ideal. And the ego ideal is that gaze or that gaze with its set of values for whom we want to be our ideal self. There, we want to be our ideal self for some other, the desire of the other, or some, and that that other has its own, its own set of values. That's what makes our ideal ego, 
precious to us. So, so let me. So your your ideal ego is the the thing you aspire to be. It's the image of yourself that you. But that's like a key to unlock the desire or the affirmation or the recognition of someone else or some abstract other. Uh, Imagine it? a teenage uh, teenage boy to take a you know straightforward example. This this kid wants nothing more than to be a superstar athlete. Spends all his time wanting to be the superstar athlete, and he he's convinced that oh I've I've just made this choice. This is who I want to be. But growing up, he was constantly bombarded by his father's failed aspirations to become a superstar athlete, and the it's the father who who structures his ideal ego. The father's valuation, the you know privileging a, uh, of of being a, an athlete is the system of values, the gaze, right? Because it's, it's, we can talk about gaze in a little bit, but it, it, it's, you know, it's the father that structures the ideal ego. And it's the father in the symbolic capacity. It's his values, right? It's not images that make up the ego ideal. It's basically a set of values, right? And more importantly, it's a gaze that looks at you from the perspective of these values. So the, the ideal ego is the image of yourself in your idealized form. And the ego ideal is the gaze or set of values you want to be that idealized self for. Right? It's not images that make up the ego ideal. It's basically a set of values, right? And more importantly, it's a gaze that looks at you from the perspective of these values. So the, the ideal ego is the image of yourself in your idealized form. And the ego ideal is the gaze or set of values you want to be that idealized self for. And so our fundamental identity is always geared towards the other. When people tell you, oh, I'm just going to be me, I don't care what other thing, uh, other people think, it's bullshit. You care about what some other thinks. And that's the fundamental aspect of where you got to go to critique your identity, right? It's not enough to break apart your idealized image of yourself. You have to go to the root core of it, which is those fundamental values, that fundamental valuating gaze for whom you want to be that idealized self. And so, <laughs> I think Brazilian picked up on my drawing. I'm not sure. Um, I, didn't, I haven't seen it. Oh, 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 okay. I just gave the dad a giant cock. So. Oh, I see. Oh, good. You have the, uh, the Brazilian <laughs> not there. It's the phallus. Um, this is the phallus. <laughs> but you know it's not no, the real no, phall the phallus, hey the phallus is not the literal penis it's not the literal okay that's a big part of the salvaging of the Freudian project is that you know for for this is not literal shit right this is but but okay so we'll talk about the phallus in a minute so but really but quick so what I did was I did the I did a person imagining a trophy it's them winning that trophy and then if they won that trophy they could get the respect of in this case it's daddy daddy yeah. Daddy, it's not dad who's the ego ideal. It's daddy's gaze of respect. The, you want the affirmation and respect of this person. And, and the thing is, is, you know, you could also, and, and so a lot of, a lot of people in their like critiques of, of this, this whole kind of thing, I, I've, I've heard it like out, people just spit it out like mid conversation. So it always comes up is like, 
you know, there, it, there's no like one formative instance like this. And it's like, well, they know that they're not saying that like the mirror stage doesn't happen all at once. It happens over, oh, right. uh, happens over a period of time. And this, this thing, this force out there of affirmation, respect, recognition that you desire, uh, the desire you what you desire, the desire of the other, of the, you, you desire, Absolutely. you desire the, the affirmation and respect and recognition of the other. The but other, you also desire what the other desires. And you desire what the other desires too. Like, yeah. And, or, or, or because you fucking hate your dad, maybe you desire whatever the opposite of what your dad desired. Right. Exactly. And so his desire is causing yours, but you're opposed to it. So it's still, but it's still ultimately determining yours. Yeah. Okay. And so, so you know, I'm looking at, you've got the Baromian knot for people in the chat. This is one way that uh, Lacan symbolizes his three registers. Dave, the, the one thing I would say, cross out ego ideal. Ego ideal belongs in the symbolic. Ego ideal? Uh, yeah, or you can put it, see in the see in the space where they intersect. Ego yeah. ideal would belong in the, uh, the, the overlap between imaginary and symbolic. See where you have reality? Right there. I did it. Yeah. It's determining your ego, which is in the imaginary, but it's also a set of values, right, which are rooted in the symbolic. So it would go in that intersection there. And you could also write the big other in the symbolic. Good. Good to know. Okay, good. Okay, big other, which means I'll go ahead and take it off of right here. If you want to write something above the bar for ideal ego, just write ego. The, but Roska in the live chat had asked, uh, this was, you're going to love this question because this is about twin peaks and it ties in and it ties into the imaginary, which we're still not off the topic of that. So that's good. Um, and, and, and Brazil, Brazilian, we're going to get to a bunch of your questions cause you've asked lots of really good ones, but, um, where's Roska? Has anyone seen twin peaks? Is Bob a viral imago? Wow. That's a, <laughs> that's a question right there. I, to um, I told him you'd like that question. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love a question like that that I, I is immediately great, and yet I have no scripted response to. That's a question that really would make me have to think. Um, no, I, I think, of course, Bob is represented as this image, right? But ultimately, Bob, the entity would be in the real, right? What Bob does is shatter our sense of reality. And so just like Freddy Krueger or any of these, these horror icons, any kind of explosion of some sort of real thing that shatters our sense of reality. We, I mean, coronavirus has largely been sent by the real. I mean, I, I'm, I don't mean to put it like that, but... It, it, we didn't see it coming, and yeah, we, we had some basic ideas. Pandemics happen from time to time, but when it actually hits, it just breaks down the very structure of our reality, and we're all left dealing with this trauma that the real has, you know, it's exploded into our reality, right? So, you know, whether we're talking about how what Bob did, especially to Laura Palmer, right? but also to the cops and the other characters in Twin Peaks, but especially to Laura Palmer. Bob is on the side of the real, yet Laura's life prior to Bob 
is in the imaginary symbolic, right? That's her social reality. But then this thing intrudes upon it that breaks it apart. And this is what real life trauma does as well. But Zizek has talked about this and other Lacanians talk about it where horror movies are a great example of this where whether you're talking about a demon or a ghost or a monster or some kind of, something like Freddy Krueger, <clears throat> once this thing erupts into your life, you can't, like your whole world is shattered, right? You don't even know how to begin to put your world back together again after this traumatic reel has shattered it apart. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I totally understand why we would associate Bob with the, um, with the imaginary insofar as he is this image, but that's really the only way they had to depict him. More than anything, he's a, he's a formless spirit, right? Um, he's a demon, and so, yeah, Bob, uh, as an entity, would be the real. He'd be registered in the real. Uh, one thing I loved here in chat was uh, that uh, Sober Cookie was like, um, that's the thing that pissed me off the most growing up and having low self-esteem, people telling me not to care what others think. Like, how do you even do that? And I would just add on to the top of that when people say, just be yourself. Don't, no fuss, just be yourself which is like a total American ego psychology self-help presupposition in the first place that you have a self yeah. that you can be. Um, and, and, and people who ha feel like they have this secure, substantive sense of self, um, I, you know, that, that, that can be a lot of fucking delusion at work. And, you know, it, it, the, the more Lacanian approach, or may, perhaps we might just even say the more French approach. I mean, hell, you could also say this is like it's a more Buddhist approach is just to accept that there's not a fucking fundamental, even, yeah, Heidegger as well. There's no fundamental you. Um, there, there, you know, you might, you might be like, look, I'll never fucking eat spinach as long as I live or whatever. Like there might be things about you that are particulars that, um, are, you know, part of your identity with how you mediate, you know, the world. And that's, that's fine. But this idea that you have a substantive ego, that it's a real thing and that it is the key to unlock all the blessings of capitalism. If you could just find yourself, own yourself, be yourself, then capitalism will work for you. Act rationally in, the, in relation to the market. We interrupt this conversation for a quick message from our sponsors. You may recognize this conversation from the past because it is actually a piece of a longer live stream. So what I've done is I've edited the conversations I had with Mikey down into smaller chunks, and I will be releasing those serially until the launch of the Slavoj Zizek's For They Know Not What They Do course, taught by Michael Downs and myself. I will be asking him the questions and hystericizing him, along with a cohort of people who will be joining us live and in the forums as we do a close reading. But we don't just do close, thorough, hardcore readings. We also have some more introductory stuff. And so if you go to theory hyphen underground.com forward slash events, then you'll be able to see the dates of all of the upcoming events. And then the last thing, I'm doing a countrywide tour this year. I will be on the East Coast, I will be on the West Coast, and I will be everywhere in between. So if you want me to come to your town or city, email me, it's down below. If you want to volunteer, be a part of the street team, host or guide while we're there, let me know. I hope to be in a city near you sometime this year. And I hope that you'll take one of my classes. Thanks.